As you board, please move across your car to make room for everyone and kindly offer available seating to those needing special assistance. If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors. They will be closing in a moment. Thank you. to another episode of Disney Assembled. I am Troy. And I'm Mimi. And we are your happy little father-daughter podcast here to create joy and share our love for all things Disney. Well, Mimi, how are you doing? What did you do this week to get your Disney fix? I watched Tangled again. How many How many times have you seen Tangled? I don't know. Like 12, I think. <laughs> I know you love Tangled. Is that like one of your favorites? Yeah. Yeah, we Definitely. talked about Tangled a lot on the show and how much you love Tangled. Yeah, it's been a busy week for me. Uh, I don't have, I guess there's a little bit of Disney news, but me personally, I, I got to watch a little bit of Disney Plus this week. Of course, listening to all the other wonderful Disney podcasts out there that we subscribe to, you know, my way back and forth to work. But it's been a busy week for me um, getting back into the swing of things most more full time like uh, in my regular job. So. Uh, but Disney news, I thought there was a little bit of Disney news this week. Was there anything that really stood out in terms of Disney news? Not really much is standing out. No, is not there? really. Yeah. So things are pretty holding pretty steady in the yeah. Disney parks and so forth. Um, we covered the Moana, not Moana, Mulan coming to yeah. Disney Plus last week. I guess the only other thing would be there's some new stuff on Disney Plus that's come out. You know, The Greatest Showman. And Why do you uh, say it like that? Why do I say what? Greatest showman. What? It's well, greatest showman. Well, there's a snowman and a showman. No, that's Don't they, they sound that's alike. That's not natural. So that's like not using conjun conjunctions and saying it is or cannot. Well, the showman is not appropriate. What? How should I say it? Showman. Showman. Yes. Like a shaman, but a showman. A showman. So the greatest showman. Yeah. That's so unnatural. Okay. Well. I, showman showman whatever all right so that's about all the disney news i have do you have any extra disney news not really yeah we're gonna jump into our topic here in just a minute uh but before that of course we have everyone's favorite the disney dad joke of the week oh boy did you know mimi that before you were born your mother and i took a secret trip to disney world right around halloween time and while I was there, I learned the secret to how to make your handkerchief dance. How? You put a little oogie boogie in it. Oh. Okay. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. This week's Disney Dad Joke of the Week. Please save me so I don't have to come up with these on my own. Uh, email us, disneyassembled at gmail.com, or shoot us a message on our socials with your own Disney Dad Joke of the Week. And we'll be happy to give you all the credit in the world for that particular joke. So, are you ready to jump into this week's topic? 
Yep. So our listeners should know that we sat down and we've been trying to plan out topics for yeah, you. Yeah, we didn't I to really have about. like a topic. We yeah. were like lacking in ideas. Well, we have a bunch of half ideas. Yeah, like they, we didn't have enough time to like develop it fully. Right. We have a bunch of we have a bunch of ideas that we think are better ideas, but today we came up with one we thought it was a pretty pretty good idea. Actually, I came up with this one, and you did come up with this one, and so all credit to you for this. You know, I am a child of the seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. You are a child of the 2000s. Yeah. And so decades matter. And when you look at Disney animated films over the decades, starting from 1937's Snow White mm-hmm. all the way through today, if you look at those films over time, there is a distinct sort of feel, look, tone mm-hmm. to them as they move from the early years to, to modern times. So we thought it would be interesting to take a look at the Disney animated films through certain generational bunches yeah, and have a discussion about the impact those films had on Disney overall and really maybe the impact that it has on Disney today, like how yeah. we see it represented in sort of the, the ethos or the personality yeah. of Disney as it exists today. Or even like the parks and what stays popular because, you, you know, little girls still talk about Snow White and it's been what you know 70 plus years so it's been a long time yeah yeah so we picked five movies from each of the different like categories which we'll explain in a minute and when it got to the 90s it was really hard but we picked five movies that we think best represent or the face of like it's essentially the most popular movies or ones that you have heard of from the era right and and so this is how we broke it up we have the 30s and 40s the 50s and 60s the 70s and 80s. The 90s had its own group. There were so many to pick from. Then we have the 2000s, and then we have from 2010 to today. Yeah. And we just decided on five movies that we felt like, I think you just explained maybe, that maybe best represented that generation of films, right? Mm -hmm. And so let's jump in. Let's get started with the 30s and 40s. So the five films we picked that we felt, and there weren't that many, right? I think right. there were only maybe five main movies from the 30s and 40s. Well, Snow White and Seven Dwarves, Fantasia, Pinocchio, Dumbo, and Bambi. And so when you think about those films, Mimi, what does it tell you about that era of Disney animation and what impact that has on Disney as it exists today? Well, Snow White and Dumbo have their own individual like um themes in the park like you can see them in the park and even pinocchio really with the dark ride so i think people really appreciate that those movies because they're like classics like they're essential to knowing disney but i think if we were to talk about fantasia which isn't a traditional disney movie it doesn't have any words it doesn't have it's not a very like kid-friendly character storyline it's just it's a movie about music and you know brooms or mops or whatever they are and it's like you know it's not a traditional disney film but i think it's very important to include in the category like you know so like what are what are your thoughts well i I think that that what walt disney was doing during that time was laying the groundwork and the foundation for the company going forward yeah and so the stories you know snow white was is a traditional tale it's been around for a long time it was a sure bet in terms of people understanding the story and having heard it before you know, same thing with Pinocchio is an old story. 
and so forth. So I think they were drawing on inspiration that they felt had a really good chance of connecting with audiences and showcasing the advancements in animation and filmmaking as they existed at that time. Fantasia was a little bit more pushing the boundaries, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, with many of these films, they didn't really make a profit until much, much later as they kept being re-released. So, yeah, no, I think the 30s and 40s, to me, what it signifies is sort of the very classic, you know, Disney, you know, sure bet animated films that you can you just can rely on that you know what you're going to get and they're solid and of course Dumbo and Bambi as you get into those films they become all about you know animal characters and not human type characters right and so beginning to to tell stories that don't include you know main characters that are humans um, but subscribing human characteristics to those animals was was part of the storytelling and so when I think of the 30s and 40s I just think of you know, hey, let's let's just watch an old classic and yeah, and, like definitely laying the groundwork. And they haven't really hit their stride when it comes to music yet. It's like you know, like we do have some classic songs from Pinocchio and Snow White, but it's not it's not the solid iconic Disney songs. We're not quite there yet. Right, it was more about the storytelling, I think. Right, than this the one music. was more about the you know the showcase of animation and the storytelling. Yeah, right. And I think if there was a song that came out of that era that really stands out to me would be "When You Wish Upon a Star." From Pinocchio. Or I've Got No Strings. Or Got No Strings, right. So so the 30s and 40s, again, just getting started. Yeah. New technology with animation, new new styles, um, and really establishing Disney as a major studio for film production. Yeah. So we jump into the 50s and 60s, and do you want to read the five movies yeah. that okay. we picked? So for the 50s and 60s, we have Cinderella. Peter Pan, Jungle Book, Sleeping Beauty, and Alice in Wonderland. Um, There were some other really classic movies, iconic movies, but I feel like these represent the the, uh, 50s and 60s because it shows how versatile Disney became really fast. And this is the time where, you know, Walt's getting ready to build Disneyland in California, which opened in 1955. And so you see, you know, some real, uh, you know, Evidence of these films making a huge impact on the way Disney is even today. Sleeping Beauty's castle was built before mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty was even released as a film, right? Yeah. It was sort of part of the promotion of the film is to build Sleeping Beauty's castle in the park, you know. And of course, Cinderella was the first one. I think it came out actually in 1950. So Cinderella sort of straddles that sort of is that link between, you know, the 30s and 40s style moving into the 50s, which is going to be a, a little bit different style of animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the look of it is a little bit different when you get into the 50s and 60s. And Cinderella sort of brought that into, you know, into the forefront. Yeah, like the out. drawing style changes between the 40s and the 50s. And it's not super evident because it's a lot in the 50s and 60s. We got a lot of um, human characters with the exception of maybe Jungle Book, whereas the 50s and 60s ended with Dumbo and Pinocchio and or Pinocchio's human, but Dumbo and Bambi, and those are animal characters. And drawing animal characters in the same style as human characters, they look different. And we start to see the interaction between human characters and animal characters in these films. So Cinderella with Jacques and, yeah. and Gus Gus. You know, you have Jungle Book with Mowgli and Baloo and Bagheera. Um, you know, even yeah. to some extent Alice, you know, with the rabbit and yeah. the different characters as she comes up and Peter Pan. Not as much, maybe, but... But, like, different kind of 
characters. Different that, feel. Not very traditional characters. Not human, but this kind of like extra brand of human that we look at as different. Mermaids, pirates, you know, even the Lost Boys are, they are boys, but they're like presented as these like extra kind of um, majestic figure thing. Of course, of course. And then even, again, I think this era is a big era for park influence. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. again, Cinderella's castle is the one in Disney World, mm-hmm. right? Sleeping Beauty's castle is the one in well, Disneyland. Well, isn't it uh, Belle's castle now? Well, Belle has one, I think, in the back. There's two? In Fantasyland Wait, area. I thought they just redid it. I don't know. Well, they also start to see some impact on some of the dark rides here, right? Because you have, like, Peter Pan as a dark ride. You have Alice in Wonderland as a dark ride. Of course, Snow White as a dark ride in the other, you know, from the other era. But... 50s and 60s, I think it was an interesting era because it became very, very popular. Television became popular. Mm-hmm. Disney started to come on TV. And so this was a really influential era uh, in terms of the animated films. Yeah, like they kind of hit their stride in this sort of um, 2D animation style. They worked really well with color, especially in Alice. Yeah, this is kind of where you, your classic Disney starts to pick up and Cinderella, Alice, you know, Peter Pan. It's the it's the classic that you can go back and watch over and over and over again. No, that's a fun. And there's some other movies like Mimi said in the sixties and the fifties that we didn't pick um, that we enjoy watching a lot because they're sort of all in that same sort of yeah. type of animation and storytelling, which is a lot of fun. And again, you see a lot of evident evidence of those in the parks and still in, in the Disney uh, personality. Then we move into the seventies and the eighties. And this in some ways is an era that had some very high points, had a period where Disney was really struggling. And then it came back up. And then right Right. at the end of the 80s, sort of really beginning a new sort of renaissance of Disney animated films. So the five we picked for this sort of era would be uh, Fox and the Hound, Aristocats, Robin Hood, uh, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and Little Mermaid. And of course, Little Mermaid coming out right at the end in 1989, right before that big 90s decade, uh, sort of signaling the beginning of a new... Right, that movie can almost be wrapped into that like 90s era with Toy Story and Lion King and all these other movies. Almost, but it it came out in the 80s, so it has to be in like our 80s category, but it can almost fit in that same genre of film as the ones following it. Absolutely, and of course... As I said in the beginning, I was a child of the 70s and the 80s. And so my perspective on this might be a little different than yours. And that is, you know, I've always thought that Winnie the Pooh, Robin Hood were solid. I love watching them, right? Mm-hmm. I think Winnie the Pooh is one of my favorites. Robin Hood has a, a strong emotional connection to me because I just enjoyed watching that as a kid. But there were other films in there that just, you know, I recognize them. I remember watching them. I remember them being fun. But I never felt the connection to them the way that I did to maybe Winnie the Pooh and Robin Hood and maybe even some of the films that I'd watched that came out in the 50s and 60s. So Mm -hmm. things like Aristocats, which I enjoy, but it's not the kind of film that I want to watch over and over and over again. Right. Like for me, Aristocats and Fox and the Hound and Robin Hood are good movies, but they didn't stick with me and resonate with me as much as Winnie the Pooh and Little Mermaid did. Exactly. And there are other films during that era we didn't include that sort of all fit that same Aristocats feel. And then things sort of dropped off a pretty good amount. We included Fox and the Hound on here because there were any number of films 
that were made around the time that Fox and the Hound were released. And I included Fox and the Hound. I think we included them because of all those films, it was the one that had the most emotional story to it. Yeah. You know, the guy was trying to hunt the fox and kill the fox and the dog had to, you know, it was a copper and Todd, right? And yeah. copper had to save Todd at the end and, you know, the bear. So we get, I, I think the, the important part of Fox and the Hound is it starts to create a story that is less about fun animated style right it's more that don bluth style that ended up going to a different studio but became it was a very emotional story right it became connection to it less and less not to say that they're not about the storytelling and you know the animation but this fox and the hound is kind of the beginning of that era that of movies that have this emotional story that people really connect to and and love and i think fox and the hound is an underrated movie but like it's hard like my feelings for that movie are very complicated and I don't really have the words to express them. And it's a part of the Disney animated movie lifeline, right? The timeline that we don't see a lot of evidence in the parks to this day. I mean, Winnie the Pooh is a strong character. It's still yeah. very much a part of the Disney um, personality and little mermaid too. and little mermaid. Exactly. But other than those two, I mean, even like Robin Hood, which we've said before, I wish had a stronger a great, representation yeah. in the park. None of those other films show up very much. I mean, you might see some of the Aristocats characters in Epcot. I know you met Marie, yeah. you know, but for the most part, these are characters that didn't translate well into a broader sort of personality of Disney. And I think that's intentional i think yeah. disney recognizes this was not a period of time where the quality was up to what they would hope it would be yeah and they had to recapture that magic um well i wouldn't say quality like i think they're quality movies i think it's just the popularity of these movies were so low compared to the 50s and 60s like come on you can't follow alice in wonderland with fox and the hound well the tone was very different it was less whimsical and more you know, I don't want to say darker, but the themes became less it was sharp magical. And, yeah, it was sharp and clean and crisp and less open to like the imagination of, you know, getting to figure things out for yourself or wonder about things. Like, Because when you watch Alice in Wonderland, you leave the movie with questions. Right. When it you watch Aristocats, it's answered for you. When you watch Fox and the Hound, there's not a lot of imagination that gets sparked through that movie. Yeah. Right? You're just watching That's a, a story sad unfold. Like, that's a movie you watch when you're sad. <laughs> Well, well, hopefully you feel better when the movie's over. So then we jump into the 90s. And again, the 90s were powerful decades, sort Definitely. of the reemergence of Disney with strong presence. And so, Mimi, what five movies did we pick for the 90s? All right, this one was so, so hard. Okay. But these are the five movies we have. It was actually six because we combined Yeah, it's six. Two, okay. Right? Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin, Hercules, Toy Story 1, and Toy Story 2. Right, we lumped Toy and Story 1 and 2 together. Because Toy Story 2 is so good. It is the only Disney sequel I will actually allow myself to watch. And I know on our list of topics one day, we are going to talk about Disney's original stories versus their mm -hmm. sequels and so forth. But I think the Toy 90s, Story could yeah. be, honestly, its own episode. There's so much to unpack there. But I feel like the 90s is when Disney hit its stride in music. like Because the music picked up in the 90s, okay? Yes, you have the Little Mermaid soundtrack, but that was the 80s and it's only one movie. But when you think about the 90s and look at, come on, look at these, look at this list. Beauty and the Beast, 
those songs in that movie are iconic. Hercules, that soundtrack is like nothing I've ever heard before. I love the Hercules soundtrack. Aladdin, Lion King, even Toy Story has some, you know, songs. Great music, yeah. Right, like I feel this is where they they roped the music into the storytelling and less about having, you know, albums to sell or an earworm or something. It became about the story and less about the music. And there's a reason a lot of these films translated well to the stage and they had Broadway productions that came out of them because they're just solid all around entertainment. It's a great story, great characters. It has humor. It's got great music. It's got everything put in together. So if you look at everything up to this point, you know, it's almost as if Disney decided, you know, we've gotten away from the things that make Disney special, which is this this joy and happiness and this feeling of of just imagination and escapism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they add in the element of just taking the musical piece and adding it in there. And I think it's very obvious how this decade has a tremendous impact on the way Disney is seen today. I mean, oh, just turn yeah. on Disney Plus. I mean, the influence of this decade on the stuff that's available that's coming out new. I mean, all of these the remakes, which again, it's another episode we have to talk about some of these remakes that are more quote live action. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think mean, the 90s in contrast right. to the 70s and 80s, you couldn't have picked two totally different feels, those totally different impacts that those have on how Disney is today. The the impact of this era and these movies is it it's so it's the full package. It's emotional. It's great storytelling. The animation quality is out of the out of this world. The music, everything about these movies is the full package. Now some of them are better than others and some of them are worse than others, but that's storyline. That that doesn't have anything to do with the magic of the film. All of the movies coming out of the 90s had that Disney spark and everyone, it's hard to appreciate, it's hard to not appreciate all of them. And I think, you know, up to this point, if you were a Disney and you're producing films, you know, as much as each film, I know, you know, from all reports, Walt was trying to make sure every film was was sort of judged on the value of its own merit, not against any other film. Right. When you come out of the 30s and 40s and the 50s and 60s and the movies that we just mentioned, and you're trying to live up to a quality standard set by those films, over time, at some point, it's going to be very, very difficult to do so. And so what Disney did, I think, in the 90s was reset the bar for what people expected in terms of quality animated film entertainment by the Disney company. They've totally said, we're going to start completely over and we're going to redefine what a great animated film that comes out of this studio feels like, looks like, and sounds like. The 90s, I think, does that. And with Toy Story 1 and 2, they started using that CGI animation style and less about the 2D, you know, paper-esque. That's like a bad way to describe it. So the hand-drawn. The hand-drawn, right. Like, I don't really know what the art style is called. So like, I'm just kind of, talking but in toy story we start seeing that cgi and then when we roll into the, into the 2000s we see it a little more with our movies um up uh wally lilo and stitch the incredibles and tiana or um prince and the frog i wrote down tiana because it was easier <laughs> so yeah we move into the 2000s and we pick again very hard to pick five because there were right. some great this one films was real hard but we did pick like mimi just said up princess and the frog wally Lilo and Stitch and The Incredibles, and which is an interesting list because these films, 
in many ways are very different they are. than what came in the 90s, but there is something about them that makes them can feel connected um, and really part of that same Disney personality. And so why don't we go through that a little bit? I mean, I, I think when you look at Up, Up isn't really known for its music, but it's a fantastic story. Right. It's and it really for like the story. Right. And it's known for the story and, and the of emotion. course, the, and the emotion of it. So there's a connection. And of course, the 90s films had strong emotional components to them, as well as great music. Up continued great story, sort of a different story that we've never seen before. Yeah. Very different and had a real connection. Um, Wally, to me, is almost like, again, it's a different type of movie completely, but to me it feels like the Fantasia type of movie for Pixar, where yeah. they sort of went out the box and said, we're going to try something totally new here. Yeah, we're there's essentially totally no weird. dialogue. There's like no dialogue until way late in the movie. Yeah. And we're going to do something that is either going to connect or really turn people off. And, and it's going to be chance. environmentally friendly. And it's going to help the world. Well, it tells a Boom. great story and it tells a different story and it does. So it takes a chance. There was a big risk, I think. With right. Wally and people responded to it so well. People fell in love with Wally and people fell in love with Eve. But yeah, you're right. There was that risk. Like I could totally see if it was flipped and like I can, you know, like I can, I can picture it, what it would be like if people didn't respond to that movie well. And both Pixar and Disney at this time are balancing what they're releasing. So when you have Wally, which is sort of this very different type of story, and you balance that with a, a movie like The Incredibles, which again, not known for its music, but a different story right. and a and really we love fun story. The right? Incredibles. And so love one, the Incredibles. right, Incredibles Ten again, a new idea, but there is a consistent feel to the storytelling and the connection with audiences. Mm -hmm. What would you say about Princess and the Frog and Lilo and Stitch and how they fit into that? Lilo and Stitch is so easy to get emotionally connected to. There's so many different ways to connect to it, but we connected through the Ohana and Stitch. And like, I feel like that movie is very emotional, but it also has a really interesting story, really cool animation, really cool music. That movie kind of reminds me as of the 90s. It kind of has the full package. People don't like it or um, people like it, but it's not as, you know, iconic, I guess, as Beauty and the Beast or Lion King. But I think it fits the quality of those 90s movies. And then with Princess and the Frog, it's the last hand-drawn Disney movie, Disney film, right? Isn't that sort what of. Yeah, said? I think so. I'm not sure exactly. Or but something yeah. like that. And it's a different story. Like we've heard the tale. We've heard the Princess and the Frog, but the way that they told it is so different. Right. And people fell in love with it also because um, we have a princess of color, finally. Um, I don't know. It's just Princess and the Frog, the music. It, I don't know. Lilo and Stitch and Princess and the Frog kind of spiraled, branched off of those 90s movies. The full package, emotional, music, animation is 10 out of 10. The story is great. You know, it's like. Like, you know, it's you know well, what Princess of Frog does is it takes inspiration from a tested story that is a proven known story. Right. Princess of Frog is a story that's been around for a long time. Yeah. Aladdin, you know, that that story. The Lion King is a story that's been around. Beauty and the Beast has been around. These Little Mermaid, these are all stories that were known, and Disney did their own version of it. And Princess of Frog is sort of they said, okay, we've done this type of thing before. Let's try it with this story and let's see what we can come up with. And they did a great job of it. Yeah. Lilo and Stitch. Sort of different thing. This is a new story, 
sort of new characters we're introducing. There's alien character, but yeah, and they mixed in this 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 story about family, about children, about you know the struggles of family, um, and how they all come together in in a joyful way. And so the 2000s has a nice mixture of very different storytelling going on. But again, a common theme: quality art, quality storytelling. When music was needed, quality music, but not reliance on music for the sake of having the music. It could have very easily in the 2000s said, we just put out all these movies with great music. We better have fantastic music in all these films. Yeah, but you and didn't, they didn't need do that. music in The Incredibles. You didn't need music in Up. They had the music to support the story. And I think that was the key was the storytelling is the key. If it's a bad story, there's not much we can do about right. it. Right. And I think they figured that out between the 80s and the 90s. And then... From then on, it just kind of branched and look where we are now. And then you jump into the from 2010 to today. And, you know, again, we picked five, but there were plenty of others to pick from. This one was hard, too. And so the five we picked were Tangled, Frozen, Brave, Coco and Moana. So they had this common theme of one word movies, movie (laughs) titles, one word titles. Yeah, that's their new their new thing. Onward, Frozen 2. Well, well Frozen 2 is actually two words. Well, yeah, but it's like as a sequel. Okay. So, again, the 2010 to today feels a lot like the 2000s. Tangled, the story of Rapunzel, is a story that has been told for a while. Right. And it's not called Rapunzel, which is like the first sign that it's different. It's different from the original original story, but it does still stay true to the elements of the or the framework of the original story right so disney goes back to the well and says let's take one of these very popular stories that are out there that we haven't done before and let's let's do a disney version of it let's see what disney can do with the story of rapunzel same thing with frozen was kind of taken off a lesser known sort of tale right yeah of, of the the ice princess but again but the the let, original we- story and frozen are two very different things like well, they they're, are very they different. were inspired, but they didn't follow the original story like they did in, you know, Lion King or Princess and the Frog. Like, I don't know. It wasn't the same storyline, but it had the same like elements. I don't know. I read about that somewhere. And then you have like stories like Coco and Moana. Again, great storytelling, new avenues of storytelling, you know, different ethnicities, different settings, mm-hmm. different characters. You know, some of them are children, some of them are adults. Solid music. Solid music. So Moana and Coco and Frozen and Tangled. Tangled Again, going back to great storytelling, great animation, great music. Yeah. We got something to play with here. I mean, all of those could be on stage. Yeah. Right. But most of these are like, well, not Tangled, but Pixar films. Because Disney has not had an original film in a very long time. Disney, what you doing? Can you come up with a new movie? Yeah, but I think Tangled, Frozen... Coco and Moana were all Disney Mo- is animated. Is Moana not Pixar? I don't think Moana's Pixar. And I think Coco is Pixar because might it be. came out in 2017 or something. Well, Brave is definitely Pixar. Yeah, Brave is definitely Pixar. And like, no music, but great storytelling. Yeah. And again, going back to the And there's that emotional connection with it's about the story of a mother and her daughter. And so it's like like I feel like with the movies that you can relate to and that are very emotional. They have less music and it's fine because you're already emotionally invested in the story. So you don't really need the music. Whereas the movies that are retellings of original stories or aren't as easy to get 
or to relate to like Tangled or Frozen or even Princess and the Frog. They have these, the music kind of like carries, like fills that emotional connection whole thing. Right. So I think what Disney has found since the 90s has been great characters, Mm -hmm. good humor, good storytelling, fantastic animation. And where music can be used to connect with the audience we're trying to connect with, let's write great songs. Frozen is a great example of that. Frozen is a great story. It's well animated. It's got funny characters. But the music is what ties it all together. It brings it all together. Frozen without the music would not be nearly as entertaining a story as it is with the music. So the music is really Brave, if Brave had had a whole bunch of musical pieces. I think that would have over overkilled and well it wouldn't have story... been it may not have been aligned with the character because merida as a character i don't picture running around the forest singing and dancing mm-hmm. with woodland creatures right she was a different type of character and they stood they they kept true to the characters that they were trying to use to tell the story yeah which i think is really important so that takes us up to today so we've covered the 30s and 40s 50s and 60s the 70s and 80s the 90s 2000s and the 2010s to today and we've sort of taken a look in general about our thoughts about how these decades how these eras of disney animated filmmaking has had an impact on us and on the way disney is today so why don't we why don't we wrap up with doing this right this discussion yeah i think it'd be interesting you know you're a teenager mm-hmm. i am far from being a teenager i think we probably have different perspectives on which era do we feel is the most impactful today and which one we have the most the strongest sort of connection to um based on our own perspectives of life so why don't you start tell give everybody the teenage perspective on i the think topic. the 50s and 60s are the most impactful on the whole franchise because not only because of like merchandise and the park and all this other extra stuff And it's not really about music either. It's about storytelling. The 50s and 60s is when Disney hit its point where storytelling became important. It wasn't about the animation. It wasn't about, you know, anything else. It was the storytelling. And how can you convey this story, this book, this something, and make it entertaining and fun and have likable characters? So, like, when you look at Cinderella and Peter Pan and Jungle Book and Sleeping Beauty... If the storytelling is great. The quality of the film is not so great, but it's also been millions of years since the 50s and 60s, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. It's just something about that era that changed the rest of the franchise or the the company, I guess. But the 70s and 80s did have a lull, but that's natural. Every company, every book, every book series, every everything's going to have some kind of lull, right? And I think they just hit it in the 70s and 80s. But regardless, the 60s and the 50s are definitely the most impactful because they started that chain of thoughtful, interesting storytelling. That's really interesting. I would not have thought you were going to pick the 50s and 60s. So that's very insightful and it's well spoken, well, well thought out answer to that question. For me, as a child of the 70s and 80s, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go with the 90s as being the most impactful. And it's interesting because I don't find the movies in the 90s to be my favorites. Mm -hmm. I really like them, 
but they're not my favorites. I would say my favorites are the ones from the 2000s to today, the, sort of the ones that we were mentioning, mm-hmm. more recent movies. But I think the 90s taught Disney something really important about how to move forward with their animated storytelling through animated movies. Right. Up to that point, I think there were always there was a I think there was a part, even if it was subconscious, of them trying to live up to this golden era of the 50s and 60s or the 30s and 40s. Like, how do we recapture what we did then? And what the 90s did, I think, is say, okay, we get a new group of people in here. That is the wrong, the, the wrong measuring stick. That is the wrong criteria for deciding on whether or not we're successful. We need to reestablish who we are as a studio in the lives of our fans, in the lives of the people who go to our parks. And how do we have, how do we find sort of a formula to doing what we do? that is translatable regardless of the story. And so the 90s sort of, I think, started that Mm -hmm. with great storytelling, going back to familiar stories, retelling them in a Disney sort of way. So they say, okay, we're gonna go and, we're gonna take this Beauty and the Beast story and we're gonna make a Disney version of it. There was a good chance that we were gonna watch it because they knew the story of Beauty and the Beast. So they they went, they, they took inspiration from what Disney did in the 30s and 40s and said, let's bring this to the 90s, but do it in a way that feels modern. And so let's bring in the musical element. Let's bring in the comedy, you know, pieces. Let's not be afraid, you know, to break barriers, you know, where characters are talking to the audience as opposed to just being stuck in their stories. Let's let's go there and let's start to tap into what we learned about the 70s and 80s. There's an emotional element. Toy Story 1 and 2 is extremely emotional. Right. I mean, there is a lot of pulling on the heartstrings there. I mean, even the Lion King, there are moments in there that are very emotional. So how do we get this emotional element that we sprinkle into the story? Let's take this musical element or let's be brave and tell a fantastic story with new characters that we can then introduce into the parks, introduce into our fans' lives and introduce them into sort of the lifeblood of the Disney universe going forward yeah they so had I, this like renaissance era right and that's why i think the 90s to me is probably the most impactful one in terms of the way disney is today right, like they came up with the way to I think do clearly, what they do in full quality and people love it i think it clearly honors what was done in the 30s through the 50s yeah, and 60s definitely and learns the lessons they learned and applies those apply those lessons learned into great storytelling, great animation, great entertainment for families going forward. Yep. Well, there you have it. Yeah. The Disney through the decades, <laughs> yeah, Disney through, through the, the eras, the animated films. Of course, our listeners out there may have their own opinions about which decade or which era was the most impactful. Uh, they may also wish to include films we didn't include in our list of five, which I'm sure they have their own connections to. Uh, and we would encourage them to reach out to us, uh, shooting us an email at disneyassembled at gmail.com to let us know your thoughts. And before we wrap things up, we do want to give a shout out to our patrons over on Patreon. So thank you, Brenda and Danny, for continuing to support the show. Uh, if you would like to help us out by becoming part of our patron list on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash disneyassembled. Uh, Mimi and I have been discussing 
a really cool project that we want to start doing maybe with our patrons. Uh, we're looking at doing a live countdown show every weekend right before we drop this episode live as part of our patron uh, content. But if you'd like to help us out, it's five bucks a month. Uh, if you don't, no big deal. Uh, but we'd appreciate your consideration there joining our patron group over on Patreon. If you're also feeling extremely uh, thankful and really want to give us some support, head on over to our Tee Public store. Check out the Disney Assembled merch there uh, and show us some love. Uh, and if those two things are not your bag, no big deal. Continue to listen to the show and connect to us on our socials account. Mimi, why don't you tell everyone how they can do that? Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at Disney Assembled. We're super act. We're mostly active on our Instagram, but we are active on our Twitter and Facebook as well. And we also have a YouTube channel. And, and our so, YouTube. Yeah, Subscribe so we're trying to, at Disney Assembled. So if you're listening out there and you haven't subscribed to one of our socials, please do so. And if you haven't taken a few moments to go to our YouTube channel and hit subscribe, that would be great. We would love to get that custom URL, URL on our YouTube channel soon. So help us out by subscribing to our YouTube channel. And of course, if you haven't done so and you are so motivated, we would greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, which we'll be happy to read here on the air and share with everyone. Well, Mimi, great conversation. Yep. Disney animated movies through the decades. I'm kind of feeling like going downstairs and checking out one of those films on Disney Plus, right? Yep. 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 Maybe we'll do that. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up this week, and I guess uh, that'll do. So until next time, see, see you real soon. soon.